What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down the running back starts and sits. In these videos, I break down all of the relevant running back usage, all the metrics that you need to know to make informed start-sit decisions, and we break down all these guys based on whether they're a start, whether they are a sit, whether they are a flex play, every matchup through all the games for week three of fantasy football. So if you guys enjoy this video at any point, as always, leave a like down below, comment any of your thoughts down below as well. Any start set questions that get asked in the first day of this video will get answered. Subscribe to the channel, especially if we answer a question for you down below. The least you could do is subscribe. And if we can get this video to 300 likes, we would really, really appreciate it. So with that being said, let's get into it. So here is the matchup chart for week three of fantasy football. All the running backs are covered in here. This chart, basically all the metrics that you guys see is a composite of 50% last year's ranking and 50% of weeks one and two. Since we don't have a ton of data on these defenses yet, I'm incorporating some of last year's data into this, but you guys can see some of the best matchups this week go to Joe Mixon. They go to Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. Dalvin Cook uh, should get back on track this week. Uh, the Bears running backs, Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker, Derrick Henry, et cetera. And then some of the tougher matchups this week go to Christian McCaffrey, James Conner, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Saquon Barkley, uh, the Dolphins running backs, Alvin Kamara, et cetera. So if you guys want a bigger look at that, you can check out the Patreon. You can also check it out on Twitter. I tweet it out uh, every week as well. Follow me over there at Football Stock. But let's get into the first game. We had uh, Browns and Steelers last night. Hopefully you started Nick Chubb. Hopefully you started Najee Harris. They definitely paid off for you. But let's get into the first 1 p.m. game, which is Saints at Panthers. You guys should uh, be able to see. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast feed, I highly suggest you go over to YouTube because I will have the spread, the over-under, and where the Sharps are betting on the screen as I'm talking about these teams. The Saints are favored by three points. The over-under is 41 points, and the Sharps are currently betting the under right now. But I'm not going to cover that for every team. So go over to YouTube if you're not already over there. Start Alvin Kamara and start Christian McCaffrey in this game. It's pretty simple. Both of these guys are stud running backs. Kamara was at practice Wednesday. He was at practice Thursday, practicing in full pads. Uh, he was apparently limited on Wednesday, but full pads on Thursday as well. Uh, I'd expect him to be back this week, uh, coming off of the rib injury. Typically, it's like a two to three week recovery from most of the doctors that I've heard, but we'll keep you updated as the week goes along. If he's out, obviously you can throw Mark Ingram into your flex as like a top 36 running back, but I'm not super, super excited about it. Christian McCaffrey uh, also popped up on the injury report yesterday. He is expected to play in this game, but definitely make sure, you know, Chuba Hubbard, potentially if you have an open bench spot, he might be on your waiver wire, grab him and uh, see if your local Christian McCaffrey manager is panicking because I'm sure a lot of people are going to be panicking based on what he's done so far because we've seen his full workload, 87% of the snaps, 60%, uh, uh, 69% of the carries, 72% of the routes, 21% target share. He's getting his full workload. He just hasn't really uh, converted a ton of touchdowns, gotten, hasn't gotten a lot of big plays so far, and the Panthers' offense looks relatively anemic right now. So uh, Christian McCaffrey managers might be a little bit scared off, uh, and we have it now an ankle injury that might scare them even more. Presents a buying window for Christian McCaffrey if you choose to do so. So, so we have the Texans that Bears is the next game here. Damian Pierce in this game, he saw a pretty solid workload last week. I think he's a guy that you can throw into your flex, but I'm not super, super excited about it. In week two, uh, he saw a better workload than he saw in week one, obviously, with Rex Burkhead coming out in week one and just surprising everybody with 71% of the snaps. I figured this would probably happen. He was the week one trap waiver wire ad. This game should be close, so I think Damian Pierce's workload, being that he doesn't get a ton of receiving work, could actually be valuable in this game. The Bears are actually favored, but I do think this is going to be a back-and-forth slugfest 
I could see Damian Pierce um, probably having a decent game in this one. And maybe you sell high on him because I don't think the Texans are going to be in very many favorable game scripts, very many games where they're close uh, very often. So I, I don't love Damian Pierce rest of the season, but I do think you can flex him this week. David Montgomery is getting a solid workload. We had concerns going into the season that David Montgomery might not get quite the workload that we've been accustomed to with David Montgomery, but he's going to be a top 24 running back rest of the season, even in a brutal offense like this with 72% of the snaps and 55% of the carries, 61% route participation, getting targeted as high of a rate as he's being targeted right now, 21% target share and commanding most of the long down and distance, most of the two-minute drill snaps. So the saving grace for David Montgomery is that he's commanding targets right now. The Bears haven't thrown a ton, but if they ever have to throw, if they're ever behind in games where they, they find themselves actually trying to throw the ball, I do think David Montgomery could be in for a solid target share this year. But for the most part, he's just like an every-week back-end RB2 going forward. Uh, we can move on to the Chiefs-Colts, though. Uh, Chiefs at Colts, Jonathan Taylor, you're starting him, obviously. If anybody is worried about why the offense doesn't look good and you can get 90 cents on the dollar, Jonathan Taylor, definitely send out some offers for him. But the more important backfield usage in this game is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has kind of ascended himself based on his first two weeks of play into a guy that people think they can trust. And I'm here to tell you that you probably can't trust Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And it's not that I don't think he's a good player because he is playing pretty well right now. But the reason you can't trust Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is because he has the same role that he's always had. He's just playing a bit better. And if anybody thinks that he's going to be some RB1 for the Kansas City Chiefs, you can definitely sell high on him right now. You can sell Clyde Edwards-Hilaire straight up for a guy like Cam Akers, who I'd much rather have rest of season. You could probably get more than just uh, Cam Akers in exchange for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You can sell Clyde Edwards-Hilaire plus a piece to get up to better running backs like Joe Mixon's and Austin Eckler's and Javante Williams types if people are really bought into Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. As you guys can see on the screen, he doesn't have a huge workload. 41% of the snaps so far in the first two games. He's only getting like 35% of the team's carries, 35% of the team's routes. And again, he's still not playing uh, a lot on short down and distance, on long down and distance, inside the five attempts. They're intermingling all these running backs together with Jarek McKinnon, with Isaiah Pacheco, and they're using these guys interchangeably. And Clyde just happens to be getting the big plays going his way, the touchdowns going his way right now. And I don't think that's going to continue knowing what we've seen out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for the first two years of his career. I'm not going to let a two-game sample size sway me in the other direction. So definitely sell uh, sell high on him if you can. Moving on to the Bills-Dolphins, this probably should be a fun game, a high-scoring game potentially. All the main running backs in this game are low-end flex plays. None of these guys are super confident plays, but I would say of the running backs that are on the Bills or on the Dolphins, if I had to start one of them, it would probably be Devin Singletary. Singletary handled 67% of the Bills snaps before the game got out of hand in Tennessee last week. He's a slight starter. He's barely the starting running back of this team, but that's pretty much how Devin Singletary has been being used for a while. And he's going to have, you know, top 30 appeal because of the offense he plays in, even though he doesn't get a great workload. So he's one of those discount zero RB targets that a lot of people were targeting. And he's kind of playing out exactly how I expected him to play out. On the Dolphin side of things, we saw a shakeup in this backfield, right? Because going into last week, we expected Chase Edmonds to be the guy. He's going to be a 60% kind of guy. He's going to be the long down distance, two-minute drill snaps guy. And Raheem Mostert's going to mix in for carries. But last week, we saw Raheem Mostert actually get the start, basically. 55% of the team snaps, 61% of the rush attempts. And he basically took away all that work from Chase Edmonds, relegating Chase Edmonds more so to the role that we saw from him in Arizona, which is just the passing down guy, the guy that's going to run the most routes and also play the long down and distance and two minute drill snaps. So for me, both of these guys are like volatile top 36 options. 
in this type of matchup with the Buffalo Bills front, the way that they're playing right now, I would prefer not to start either of these guys if I don't have to. But if you had to choose one, I would start uh, Raheem Mostert in this game, but I'm not excited about it. So uh, moving on to the Lions at Vikings in this game, very clear starters. DeAndre Swift and Dalvin Cook are in your lineup. DeAndre Swift was back at practice on Thursday, so there should be no limits as far as his workload. We saw last week that he only played 51% of the snaps, didn't get a ton of carries, but was still able to pay off from a fantasy perspective in a potentially high-scoring game like this one. The Sharps are hammering the over-under on this game at 52.5, and and the Sharps are really, really heavily betting the over on this one. So they think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I tend to agree. DeAndre Swift needs to be in your lineup as long as he's healthy. Same goes for Dalvin Cook. I know he's been kind of disappointing so far, and I wasn't drafting Dalvin Cook, but I do have him in my home league because he fell to a point that I was willing to draft him at. He should be in for a bounce back this week. And I would say if he bounces back, then you might want to sell high on him because if he has a monster like 35-point game against the Lions, I think that you can probably capitalize on people being a little bit less scared about Dalvin Cook potentially being washed. The key is that he needs to look great, right? Because everybody knows he's a great workload guy. 80% of the backfield snaps on Monday night, 73% route participation. But Cook is one of those few running backs that can create a lot on his own. And if he has like a five plus yard per carry type of outing and looks like the same old Dalvin Cook on Detroit, uh, against Detroit this week, I think you should probably sell high on him. Try and pivot towards a Javante Williams type. Try and pivot towards an Austin Eckler, a Saquon Barkley, somebody in that territory if you can. But I'm not going to blame anybody for wanting to hold on to him if he you know, provides that bounce back this week. But that's what I'm going to be doing if he does. Ravens at Patriots. The next game that we're going to talk about here, again, another game that's not exciting for the running back position. Both Patriots running backs are nearing my RB30 range. So Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, are both guys that I think week in and week out are fine flex plays. Damian Harris got banged up last week, but the big takeaway here of this usage that we see is that Ramondre Stevenson commanded the routes, right? 58% of the routes for the team, 57% of the long down and distance snaps, 100% of the two-minute drill snaps. He commanded that third down work that made a lot of people favor Ramondre Stevenson over Damian Harris straight up when it came to fantasy drafts. If I had to pick one to start in this game, I still think I would lean Damian Harris because I think goal line situations, for the most part, he is their main guy, and I do expect him to lead the team in carries. But if you are playing a full PPR league and you want a, a little bit more of a high upside play with Damian Harris coming in with an injury, I do think Ramondre Stevenson's a fine flex option as well. On the Ravens side of things, I mean, the running back position is just disgusting right now. There is nobody that I'm wanting to start except if J.K. Dobbins is starting in this game. Now, I, I probably would not play J.K. Dobbins. If, if you have J.K. Dobbins on your roster and J.K. Dobbins makes a season debut this week, which is definitely possible because he's practiced in full for like every practice the last two weeks. And it sounds like he was close to playing last week. So the Ravens have virtually abandoned the run with the you know hodgepodge of Mike Davis and Justice Hill and Kenyon Drake that they've had in the past two games. Once J.K. Dobbins is back on the field, I think we're going to see a bigger commitment to the run. I think that's what they've been waiting for is the running backs to get healthy. But I also don't want to trust J.K. Dobbins in his first game in nearly two, like a year and a half or whatever. So I would probably wait until J.K. Dobbins commands a full workload to put him in your lineup. But definitely check on your local, uh, local J.K. Dobbins manager because he probably has no idea how valuable J.K. Dobbins could be if he's healthy and if this offense is humming the way I think it's going to the rest of the season, because if we get even like a 60%, 65% opportunity share JK Dobbins in a top five rushing offense, like the Ravens, this guy could easily be a back end RB one that a lot of people just have sitting on their bench right now. And they're not sure with uh, what to do with him because he is clearly the best running back in this backfield. He should be out there for a lot of the routes should be getting most of the pass catching work as well. We know he can create big plays and uh, you know, 
be very efficient on the goal line like he showed in his rookie season. So make sure to check on J.K. Dobbins' managers and check your waiver wires too because he might just be sitting out there on the waiver wire unclaimed by a team if you guys are in more shallow leagues. So uh, Bengals at Jets, the next game that we're going to talk about here. Big get-right spot for the Cincinnati Bengals who have lost their first two games. Start and buy low on Joe Mixon. I talked about him in the trade targets video. Um, Mixon is a great buy low candidate because not only is he not playing the greatest right now, but his offense doesn't look great. The offensive line doesn't look great. This is a get right game for Joe Mixon and for the Bengals offense because the Jets are terrible against the run. And as much as we can say, you know, the Bengals have already looked bad against two bad teams like the Steelers and like the Cowboys, those two teams, while they're bad teams and they have bad offenses right now, have good defenses and the Jets do not have a good defense. So there's a very good chance that the Bengals get out to a, you know, scorching Bengals start where Jamar Chase is making big plays and T Higgins is catching touchdowns. Joe Mixon's rushing in touchdowns. I could see a huge blow-up spot out of the Cincinnati Bengals this week, and I did actually bet on the Cincinnati Bengals' money line in one of my parlays that I'm doing this week because I do think they're going to win this game handedly. So uh, Joe Mixon, it's an elite workload. Go buy low on him. Make sure he's in your lineup if you have him. On the Jets side of things, we really have to treat Michael Carter as the starter. We can't put Brees Hall into our lineup anymore. The Through two games, basically, Michael Carter is on par with Devin Singletary types and guys that are starters in their backfield. I know it's not ideal and we want Brees Hall to be the starting running back. Assuming you guys have Brees Hall that are listening to this. He can't be anything more than like a low end desperation flex option. And honestly, I'd put him on my bench in this game. If you have Brees Hall, I don't think you can start him because not only is Michael Carter getting most of the snaps, most of the carries, most of the routes, most of the targets, but we're also seeing Ty Johnson mixed in now and Brees Hall only had 27% of the team snaps last week. So with Brees Hall, I'm not excited about putting this guy into my lineup until I see a drastic shift in how they're going to use both him and Michael Carter. So for now, I would keep Brees Hall on your bench. He's a fine stash. If you're a 2-0 team, you can handle it. But if you're an 0-2 team, I might be trying to sell him and seeing what you can get to try and get some wins early on in the season because you, you can't afford to go down 0-3, 0-4, 0-5 in a fantasy league. So definitely um, keep that in mind. Raiders at Titans, the next game that we're going to talk about here. We have Derrick Henry and we have Josh Jacobs. If you have Derrick Henry, if he has a good game this week, I would get out as fast as you possibly fucking can because everything that we've seen and we feared about the Titans offense has happened. They look bad. Derrick Henry looks washed. Gauge your league market on if you can sell him off of name value. Somebody still believes in him. You might be able to, like, I'm okay selling for 80 cents on the dollar on Derrick Henry. If you can get Derrick Henry plus gets you to Joe Mixon or Derrick Henry plus gets you to Javante Williams, Austin Eckler, whatever, do it if you can, because Derrick Henry, maybe you wait a week to see if he has a better game in this one, but I am scared shitless about his outlook for the rest of the season. So if you have Derrick Henry, I'd be doing my best to try and shop the guy. And maybe you wait after this week, he has a better game. It was the Buffalo Bills run defense, and it's you know looks like a really good run defense, but I do think you need to get out uh, as soon as possible with Derrick Henry. Josh Jacobs, on the other hand, might go down as a solid value in a guy that maybe is a buy low candidate, because if you can flip these fringe RB2s like Michael Carter, like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, like James Robinson into Josh Jacobs right now, he's getting a great workload and he just hasn't had the touchdowns bounce his way. I think this Raiders offense is actually going to be pretty good throughout the duration of the season. I think they're going to be a top 12, top 15 scoring offense. And Josh Jacobs has 10 plus touchdown upside. And he's still getting most of the carries, some of the receiving work as well. So Josh Jacobs, for those of you guys that, you know, are in need of a uh, RB2 and you want to upgrade from your Michael Carter, or your Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, go out and send offers out for Josh Jacobs. You might be able to get that done one for one. And I do think he's a solid start in this game. Uh, Eagles at Commanders, we have Antonio Gibson and Miles Sanders. Sanders, unfortunately, will be stuck in flex purgatory for the rest of the season because not only is Jalen Hurts going to take away work from him, but he's also rotating snaps, rotating carries, rotating targets, third down work, all that 
being said with the other backs in that backfield with Gainwell and with Boston Scott. So not a guy that I'm looking to hold on to the rest of the season. If Miles Sanders has any big games, I'd be looking to shop him after those spike weeks. Antonio Gibson remains somebody that needs to be on your shopping list as well, because we know Brian Robinson is probably going to be coming back in week five, week six, sometime soon. And I think when that happens, we're going to see Antonio Gibson's workload you know, deteriorate tremendously. We already know that JD McKissick is going to steal a long down and distance and two minute drill snaps away. What happens when Brian Robinson comes in and eases in on Antonio Gibson's carries and goal line work? He's going to be left with, you know, middling RB3 production. So I would definitely be looking to shop him if you can. Let's move on to the 4 p.m. games, though. We have Jaguars at Chargers. Start Austin Eckler in this game. Start James Robinson in this game as a top 24 option. And I also think ETN is a valuable flex play in this game as well because, I mean, the last two games, Jacksonville's been in the game, and last week they won handedly, right? They shut out the Indianapolis Colts. If Justin Herbert is playing for the Los Angeles Chargers, I don't see a way in which the Jaguars are leading this game the way that they were doing last week. So I think that Travis Etienne, as more of the passing down guy, should be more valuable this week than he has been in the first two games. But I could be wrong. Could be James Robinson's backfield. I think Etienne is a risky play, but I would still play him as a top 32 type of option in your flex. But definitely not ideal that James Robinson took away more routes last week than uh, Travis Etienne did. But it makes sense why their bruiser was playing more. They shut out the Colts. Definitely makes sense. Another reminder that Austin Eckler's buying window is closing. It's probably going to be closed after this week. I talked about it on the trade targets video. His workload is exactly the same as last year. There's no real difference between his workload this year and his workload last year. The only difference is that the big plays and the touchdowns have not gone Austin Eckler's way. Hopefully Keenan Allen is back this week to help kind of make this offense more effective and more efficient. I think Austin Eckler is going to have a big game in this one. Make sure you buy him before this game happens. Rams at Cardinals. Next game that we have here, start James Conner if he plays, which is definitely still up in question because he logged a limited practice on Thursday, did not practice on Wednesday, has an ankle injury. If he's out, Darrell Williams is probably the guy that um, works his way into like flex territory, top 36 running back territory for me. Because when James Conner was out, we saw that Darrell Williams got the early down work. He got the goal line work. And he also got most of the long down and distance, most of the two minute drill work. And we've also seen him do this before, right? When Clyde Edwards Hilaire was out last year, he was a valuable RB2 in your lineup for a number of weeks and into the fantasy playoffs. So Darrell Williams, make sure if he's still on your waiver wire, go out and get him. He was my like top three, top five type of waiver wire ad for me this week, um, you know, depending on his price, because I do think he's going to be valuable if James Conner misses any time. On the Rams side of things, you can flex really either of the Rams running backs. I have both Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson back-to-back at RB33 and RB34 in my rankings this week. Cam Akers would be my choice of picking one because we saw him get the bulk of the carries. We'll see how this backfield works out, though, going forward because in the next few weeks, I think we're going to see a major shift. Either this is going to stay a committee and we're going to all be wrong on Cam Akers or Akers is going to trend towards being the guy in this backfield as he gets healthier. So we'll see what happens. As of right now, I would start Cam Akers, but it's not a slam dunk. Moving on to the Falcons at Seahawks. Start Cordero Patterson for sure and sit all the Seahawks running backs. As expected, Cordero Patterson saw a bit of a downtick when Tyler Algier was healthy and when he was in the lineup because uh, Damian Williams went down in week one. They kind of just force fed Cordero Patterson just to get out of the game. I do think Tyler Algier is going to stay involved. Other running backs, um, Aver Williams is going to stay involved. But Cordero Patterson's still the guy that you want. I still think he's a top 24 guy pretty much week in and week out. And if you have a bunch of wide receiver three, wide receiver four types on your bench, for those of you guys that are running zero and hero RBs, I think you can maybe buy low on Cordero Patterson after a down game this week. Um, but Rashad Penny is a guy that just can't be in your lineup right now. I know a lot of people like Rashad Penny, but he's outside of my top 36 this week. Even though he has a good matchup, I think this is a three-way timeshare, not a good offense, not a good quarterback, not a good offensive line. 
this is a committee that I don't want any part of. Kenneth Walker, to me, is the most talented running back in this backfield, which means he's going to continue to ease in on Rashad Penny's workload. They're splitting early down work. Travis Homer is taking away two-minute drill snaps and long down and distance. Just ew, 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 ew. Do not start anybody from this backfield. Packers at Buccaneers, you're firing up everybody in this game, right? Leonard Fournette, A.J. Dillon, and Aaron Jones. I think this game is just going to run right through these running backs because neither team has any wide receivers of note. All the Buccaneers wide receivers are hurt or suspended, and the Packers just don't have any good wide receivers. Lenny's a workhorse. That usage is insane. And remember that if Rashad White is on your waiver wire, he needs to be rostered. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are close to a dead-even split as well. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are also currently the two leading receivers for the Packers. Nine targets for Dillon and eight targets for Aaron Jones. This is exactly what we expected going into the season. They're going to run this offense through these two running backs, and they're going to cannibalize the shit out of each other. So if anybody is willing to buy into top five running back Aaron Jones, definitely sell high on him. Go after a Leonard Fournette. Go after a Joe Mixon. Go after a Javante Williams, Austin Eckler, if you can before this week starts, because I do think this is probably more of a Dillon game than it is an Aaron Jones game. So let's move on to Sunday night football, 49ers at Broncos. In this game, you're firing up Javante Williams, of course, and you're firing up Jeff Wilson as the top 25 running back for me. Jeff Wilson probably is one of the biggest beneficiaries of Trey Lance going down because we know that these running backs were always a concern with Trey Lance at quarterback because Trey Lance is mobile. He's going to take away carries. Trey Lance is also going to take away goal line work as well to the running backs and for Debo Samuel. So I expect the running back to be involved more similar to the role that we saw from Tyrion Davis-Price last week. So I don't know if that's going to be Jordan Mason. I don't know if that's going to be Debo Samuel. I don't know if that's going to be Marlon Mack, who they just activated off the practice squad. I don't think Jeff Wilson's going to get more than like 55, 60% of the snaps and that kind of like opportunity share as well. I think they're going to use another running back like that. I don't know who it's going to be. It could be Jordan Mason, could be Debo, could be, uh, Marlon Mack, uh, but we'll have to wait and see on that. But for now, Jeff Wilson's a guy that you can put into your lineup. No problems there. And then Javante Williams, again, go buy him. If, if people are panicked on Javante Williams because the offense looks terrible, he has the workload he, we want, right? He's getting most of the carries. He's getting most of the snaps. He's getting the two-minute drill uh, snaps. He's getting the long down distance work. He's getting the target share. That's exactly what we wanted of Javante Williams. And it's just a matter of this offense playing better. So if people are panicked on him, go out and um, you know shop for him as well. Finally, we get to Monday Night Football, which is the Cowboys at Giants. Starting Saquon Barkley in this game, he has an elite workload, right? 22% target share at running back is absurd. That's insane volume. He's one of only a few running backs that you can confidently say he gets everything, right? He gets all the carries. He gets all the snaps. He gets all the routes. He gets all the targets. He gets all the inside the five work. He gets all the long down and distance work. He gets all the two-minute drill work. There's like maybe six running backs in the league that you can say that about, like Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, Leonard Fournette, there's like not a lot of guys that you can say that about. So Saquon Barkley plus his ability, obviously in your lineup every week and maybe send out some offers for him if people are panicked. And then on the Cowboys side of things, Zeke and Tony Pollard uh, could have a big game in this one because the Giants were really exploitable against the run in week one and two, even though they had a good run defense last year. So I think we could see a big game out of Ezekiel Elliott. I think we could see a big game out of Tony Pollard as well. And I would probably use that as a selling window. If, if Zeke has a great game this week, definitely try and sell him high. If you can sell the other manager that Dak's coming back soon and Zeke's going to be great. And you could probably tear up at running back. So with that being said, that is the end of the video. I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, there's timestamps in the description if you want to go back and listen to more usage on some of these players. Leave a like if you enjoyed. Like I said, let's try and get this to 300 likes if we can. Subscribe to the channel if you are new around here. 
Comment any of your thoughts down below as well. If you guys want to take some of this advice right into action, check out Best Ball Resurrections right now. They have uh, best ball tournaments going on Underdog Fantasy where you can draft a team now that starts at, at, in week six and then goes through the fantasy playoffs. And you can check that out uh, by using promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit on Underdog Fantasy. You'll get 100% back on whatever you put in. So if you put in 20 bucks, you'll have 40 on the site to play with. You can do Best Ball Resurrections. You can do pickums for these games, bet the uh, higher or lower on fantasy points, whatever you want to do over there. And by doing so, you'll get access to our weekly rankings for start sits every week for the rest of the season. And you'll also get our dynasty rankings manifesto, which we are going to be doing a big rankings update before the month of October. So check all that stuff out in the pinned comment down below. Check out the Patreon as well. If you want to be in our Patreon only live streams every Saturday at noon Eastern to make sure you get very in-depth looks and very in-depth answers to your start set questions. You can check that out in the pinned comment down below. But with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon. Why you need the money?